Oilers win the draw. Matt Green screenshot. Poked to the side of the net. Gagne scores! Sam Gagne's first National Hockey League goal. And the Oilers are in a 1-1 tie with Calgary. He brings it in with Gagne. Here is Reader. Right out in front. Great pass. Great goal. Sam Gagne. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. It's Friday, uh, time to tear up the old pea patch clicker into Schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Oh, the Duke comes through with the Sam Gagne compilation going back to uh, even a Matt Green assist. Uh, now you're going back to get the number one goal in Sam Gagne's career and two last night uh, in a tough losing effort uh, for the Oilers. Um, let's welcome in our Friday co-host, uh, Eddie Steele. Uh, good morning, Eddie. Good morning, how, Kevin. How's the week for you? Good, good. How about yourself? How you been? It's been just, uh, you know, quite solid, outstanding. Uh, had a couple, of, had a had a skate yesterday with the alumni. It was good. Got, the wheels were looped no, up. Felt no, good? no, 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 no. I got schooled like it was bad. <laughs> it was a bad scene out there. <laughs> but... Uh, Better uh, than I'd look. Well, no. I, I mean, it's it's fun. That's all I can say. It's, it's fun and some of those guys are... Still got game for sure. Um, Sam Gagne had game last night, mm, didn't he? Ever? And it was a nice to see a performance like that. And he was trying to pull guys into the fight. You were talking about it last week. You know, need to get some more dogs in the fight, right? That's it. And that's he shows up, and lo and behold, man, first game out. He something. he was trying. Like he, I mean, you saw just the goals that he scored, right? I mean, the first one. You need you need guys going to the net. You got to get go to the net. You know, there was guys like Theron Fleury used to say, there are piles and piles and piles, bags and bags of money sitting in that little blue paint. That's where it's earned. It's where you go and get all that. That's where you get it. Kevin, just so much perimeter. I'm just seeing so much perimeter with this team still. That's a fair comment. And uh, we could talk about the good, uh, the bad, positive, negative. There were a lot of positives last night. There were also, you know, a lot of negatives, um, glaring, glaring mistakes that resulted in in goals. You know, the Cody CC, you know, ill-advised decision pinch on the first goal. Um, The uh, uh, Philip Broberg. Broberg. He's got to get the puck deep and then a bad change. You know, it's all, you know, your teammates. Yeah, your teammates are going, okay, he's just got to dump it in, right? Now we're, we're okay because we can get off for a change. You know, that resulted in a goal. Um, And then you have... You know, some bad luck. Evan Bouchard hits two posts on the one power play. One of those goes in. Well, obviously, just one is going in because you're not getting the second one, obviously, if the first one is is going in. Then it's 2-2. Different game. Yep. So you need a lot of things to happen to get um, to that next stage. So, again, as a former player, is it just – are they just missing – a little bit here, do you think? Or do you think um, there's still many, many things? Like you mentioned the perimeter. We could see it last night at the game. They, they stay on the perimeter a lot. There's not enough guys. Even look at Sam's s- second goal. 
Well, Evander Kane's driving hard to the exactly. net. Exactly. You know, Evander Kane had another good game he last did. night. He did. I was just going to say, he's a guy who he is trying to drag this team into the yeah. fight. And uh, I'm not going to sit here on the soapbox and talk about not enough dogs, etc. But the eye test that I see, not a hockey mastermind over here, but the eye test that I see as a former pro athlete, there's just not enough grit. There's mm-hmm. not enough sandpaper, not enough toughness. It's it's not about mauling and beating people up, but you got to get to the uncomfortable areas. You got to be as I forget who said it last week. Got to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and not enough guys are on this team. And sometimes, you know, I you know I think the Oilers probably deserved a better fate last night. Mm-hmm. You could you could say that, but I mean. Good teams find a way to win games like that. Dallas comes into Alberta, basically leaves the province with Bella Clavas on. Laughing. You know, Bella Clavas. They, they they gave up damn near 100 shots in the two games in two nights yeah. and come out with four come points. Come out winning. Come out with four points. Mm. So big difference there with uh, how teams find ways to win instead of teams finding ways uh, to lose. It was an off night for Connor McDavid. For all the, the like the top the top gunners for the Oilers, uh, just not totally there. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, mm-hmm. not totally into things. Text coming in, one 401 It's our morning check-in. Northside Norm, Lo- Norm Love Gags energy last night. Big energy in the building when he scored, yes. Standing ovation on the first goal. Was cool to see. Oh, it was cool great to, to see. Um and then uh, second goal as well, because now the joint was jumping and, and, and things like that. Stairf- and, yeah, go ahead. And this guy yeah. just coming in first game. Well, that's two of them. Like, okay. yeah, of course, but right? But here's the thing. In the first period, there were times Sam looked out of, he, he wasn't exactly where he was in the third period. But he stayed in it, right? And that's a veteran guy. Yeah. It's a veteran guy that knows... Okay, I might not have everything here. It's my first game in the NHL in a long time. I've just had double hip surgery, but I'm smart enough to know where I have to be and what I have to do mm-hmm. because I've been around long enough. Yep. So um, I'm just going to say this one story too. Um, yesterday, as I mentioned, I'm lucky enough to that I get dragged to these alumni skates and everyone laughs at me and things like that. I ended up talking to, and I'm not going to say any names, I'm not, uh, but I talked to a, a prominent uh, member of the organization uh, from years past. And he told me that he was talking to one of the more prominent uh, members of current organization. And that player said, this is a great thing for our team right now to have Sam Gagne come in. Yeah, it already reaped you know, the benefits. Well, he's got, you know, two goals in one game. I mean, and he's not going to score two goals every game. We yeah. know that. I mean, but it's... Listen to what Evander Kane said after the game. Evander Kane goes, he was easy to play with in the third. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know what, you, you, when you're on the same page, it's just like you, Eddie. If you got a defensive end on, on your one side and maybe an interior lineman and you know what he's going to do, well, that makes your job way easier. Way easier. And you can play faster, freer. But the biggest thing with Gagne, the biggest takeaway for me, where did he score his goals? Yeah, right in the blue. It's where they need to be. So, and I mean, I mean, well, you know, two of their three goals were right there. I mean, Evander Kane was sort of off the rush. It was a little bit of, it was a kind of a crazy play with Ryan Nugent Hopkins who slid across and I don't, you know. Broke it up. Broke it up. Wasn't intentional to kind of all of a sudden, but good play by Nugent Hopkins to get up and then shovel it forward uh, to Kane. So again, need more 
more oomph inside, get in a little closer to the to the goal, to the paint. And we, this isn't anything new. This has been going on for teams. Every team says it. We got to get harder than that. Go to the net. You just have, but it's hard. It's not. It's not a lot of fun going in there. No, it's not. And it's interesting if you look at uh, just some other sports because it actually was a crazy night for sports last night. But just other sports, I want to use the reference of them. Basketball, you don't win by shooting three-pointers. You win by getting down low, banging it out, playing good defense. Football, you don't win by chucking it up and throwing Hail Marys every time. <laughs> you got to bang the run out. You got to get the gritty short yard plays, mm-hmm. and you got to play defense. That's the the recipe for success in pro sports. It's defense and grittiness. It's not all about the glitz, the glam, uh, which the Oilers are notorious for, and they do a great job at it, but you need to get that grit. Text coming in, maintenance man. Gagne is our first bottom six forward with a goal, uh, which is kind of ridiculous, a bad look for them. Every facet of our game was bad yesterday other than Gagne and Kane. Watching Bouchard this year is one of the most painful experiences of my Oilers fan life. Uh, That's from the maintenance man. Stair Farmer chimes in every day in the morning like this. Uh, good morning. I always loved Gagne's smart play and work ethic. He seemed to wake up the team after he scored. The team woke up, and that is true. Um, the fourth goal in the third period. So it's three-one. You're still, you're still in the game. And again, the Oilers had could not. They didn't have an answer for the transition game that Dallas brought the, on the rush. Um, you want to call it that, either or transition, the puck moving it quickly and not setting up. So, and this happened earlier in the in the in a Philadelphia game with with Evan Bouchard. It's almost like he's making too many crossovers. Like on the fourth goal yesterday, his awareness of where the play is, so he makes an extra crossover towards the boards, his right side, and he can't. He doesn't have time to regain his position. So I'm not sure if that's a coaching. Um, thing where you've got to say Evan you can't make that extra crossover you got to stay more in the middle he he went to the boards another three four feet by that time the play's done yeah guys are blown by him part and of it, it's got to be his awareness too that's what it's it, the same you know, guy yeah. right Bush same guy mm-hmm. it's got to be his awareness in some of those situations and uh, you talked about the transition defense that's something I'm glad you brought up Kevin because that's another thing that I had written down I wanted to talk about and we have tons of time to talk about mm-hmm. it with our other guests. But it seems like I'm watching the Oilers and them play defense. And other average teams, good players, but average teams are just moving the puck around. Just sharp passes. And I've seen more often than not other teams look like the Oilers of the past against the Oilers than the Oilers do themselves in terms of how crisp the offense is. Tic-tac-toe finish. And I, that's happened so many games this year I've seen. There was a couple of plays last night for Dallas. Um, but the one thing that was a little different last night, I'm not saying it's a glaring difference. Um, normally, uh, like say Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, Connor's still not, not all there. I mean... You know, never took any face-offs really last night, as many as, like, Leon did. But um, guys were rotating through them, Mm. the rest of the team, instead of Connor and Leon, say, rotating down to the fourth line or whatever you want to have it. It was a little different rotation last night. Right. Many more guys, like, there was at least six guys that rotated through them 
on the first line, however you wanted to say it. So, and and Connor Brown went down with an injury last night in the second period. Uh, we're, I can't wait. We're going to get about a million texts today because it was his ninth game. We know what happens in ten with bonuses, etc., etc., etc. That's the thing about pro sports that sucks. Yeah, and we'll probably be touching on uh, that. I, I assume as the morning goes on. Uh, busy weekend. Can you say again this time of year? Uh, I mean. At least the World Series is over. I mean, we don't have to worry about that, but man, is it busy. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Shinetti, CFL on TSN. We'll uh, check in uh, at 7.20 right after our first break here as uh, we get ready for, uh, well, I guess uh, the Eastern and Western semifinals. And um, Montreal will uh, host at uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, and then Calgary is in BC. So... Two big games, and those are on Saturday. That's tomorrow. So uh, we'll set that up with Matthew Shinetti. Uh, Mark Spector every day joins us uh, for Booster Juice at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock on the mark. We'll uh, check in with Tyler Yeremchuk from Oilers Nation at uh, 8.20. CFR is well underway in Red Deer, and it's going to get wild and crazy tonight in Red Deer because the Duke of Delburn is making the trip down highway number two. Duke. Is the is the F one fifty fueled up? The hay bales in the back. Uh, have you got Have you got the chaps? Have you got everything ready to rock and roll tonight? Uh, no to all of those questions, and a couple of them will remain no's. I, I do need to still fuel up the pickup. I uh, I usually leave that for as I roll out of the city. Uh, that way I'm uh, as topped off as I can be for the weekend. But there will be no chaps. Certainly, there will be no uh, hay bales in the back. That uh, my hockey bag never leaves the box of my truck, so it will. Uh, I wouldn't want to get it. You leave it in the back all the time, so it just freezes. Got to air it out. No, if it once it freeze like it freezes instantly when you get it out there. So then it uh, you just got to get to the game a little bit early, come and hang little things early. up so they can defrost and Holy uh, man, dude. dry out a bit. Man, that's prob- why hockey gear smells the way it does. Yeah. I bring it in to wash it like semi regularly, but like, like I don't what, like bring semi, it semi what decadely. Usually after every couple games. <laughs> I only play one game a week, right? Like, uh, keep keep that. All in right, so. Duke. Uh, so Tim Ellis will guess with us at 9 o'clock, checking in the CFR from Red Deer. Uh, Levi Weaver from The Athletic at 10. Uh, he will uh, check in from Texas. Big win for the Rangers in the World Series. And then Lindsey Rowley, uh, Predators rinkside reporter, Nashville here, of course, on Saturday afternoon. Still working on some guests at 9.20, 9.40. I'm sure we'll, uh, the Duke will be uh, facilitating that as the morning goes on. Uh, when we come back, Matthew Shinetti on Sports 1440. It's Carius Steel on a Friday morning. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big show. Uh, Feel Good Friday. Send in your requests uh, to the Duke. Uh, at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, you can have uh, anything you want to talk about today. Any request you want as a song intro. We know that there'll be some Rolling Stones coming up for Eddie later in the show, and we know that we'll have uh, a little bit of running south of Saskatoon uh, later in the show. So uh, send those in if you like. Uh, Matthew Shinetti coming up from the CFL on TSN. Um, what do you think, Eddie? I mean, these are two. A lot of people are are saying, even though Calgary went into BC and had a very Shellacked good game, him. had a very good game. Everyone's saying, "Well, BC wasn't really into it. The Lions weren't into it." Um, I think I told you at the start, uh, kind of when we were kind of coming on here, maybe about a month in or so. I really like the way Montreal. Something about Montreal. I don't know what it is. 
Where where do you see things? Is there anything in these two games that's really going to be opening your eye that you're looking forward to, to watching? Well, broken record here. Uh, the thing that makes Calgary and Montreal, uh, for that fact, uh, scary teams is they both are probably the best running teams uh, other than Winnipeg in the CFL. Mm. So they have that strong run game, which travels well, especially for Calgary when they go into BC. Uh, but they play defense. Mm-hmm. And that is what you need to do to have a successful recipe in the playoffs. And they do those both well, both of those teams. So that'll be interesting. BC, the thing about it is, is once they get that momentum, because they play indoors, it's a comfy atmosphere, that turf in there feels fast, so it's a track meet. Mm-hmm. When they get a couple of big scores because they have an explosive offense, it's like, oh boy, you feel that momentum. If Calgary can come out and kind of um, curb that and don't let them get that instant momentum early in the game, I think Calgary's going to really come out of there with a win. I think I texted you about a month ago when... Um, while BC was coming here, I think, or the the uh, the Elks were going to BC, and I asked you about Matthew Betts because he was here, and you know you had COVID and everything else kind of mm-hmm. happened, and I said like you know because I mean he had a phenomenal season. Let's be honest, record breaking. Yeah. So uh, and and I was wondering like why didn't he stay here? I guess, but I mean things happen and you go to wherever you're going. But man. This guy had a season for the ages. Yeah, egg on my face because I've been vocal about him in the past too, saying, <laughs> well, you know, what's I didn't up know with that. this guy? Yeah. You Maybe know? he just needed to get his motor running a little more or what? Sometimes a change of scenery, um, sometimes a little experience because his first two years here, uh, mm-hmm. very unproductive. And yeah. that's just the reality of it. I think he only had a few sacks in two years combined. Do you, do you think it was just because he was a younger player and maybe not, not getting it yet? or No, I don't think it's that because the, he's from Quebec, so he mm-hmm. plays out East uh, College at Laval, and they're typically older. So he was actually an older rookie coming out, and he went to some NFL camps, and he'd been around. He knows football. He won the defensive lineman of the year, lineman of the year, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, in CIS when he was playing. So uh, he knows football, and like I say, I think he was a 24, 25 year old mm-hmm. rookie coming out. So. So was it scheme here that allowed, or what was it that... You- I think it was just a lot of negative mojo around here okay. that a lot of guys weren't having the, the freedom and success uh, over the past few years. And I'm not talking about just the regime that's here now. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about just everything that was went down over the past four or five years. And he was a part of that. Um, fair comment for sure. I, I don't know what it is, but in, in the couple games that I watched, and then I just watched Max Crosby, and I'm not comparing him to Max Crosby in, in, with Vegas, but I just saw, you know, just kind of, kind of flying around the ball, you know, never giving up on a play kind of thing. Yeah, effort. Yeah. Non-stop motor. So I don't know if that's something where, you know, someone finally got to him and said, man, you could be something here, or... I mean, do you, do you, have you heard anything out in BC where they said, man, you know, that, you know, like, you know, bets, you could be, you know, one of the top, top well, you, guys going. You saw it coming last year. Uh, he had a really productive year last year. Uh, but then this year, man, he just popped off the charts. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we're talking about, setting uh, a record for Canadian and sacks, uh, a guy that I grew up, a legend, Brent Johnson, and he broke the record and set it with 18. That's remarkable considering Cam Wake, the all-time sack record is, I think, 22 and a half, something like yeah, that. Something so, like that, yeah. man, to have a season like that as a, a Canadian boy, that is something that you dream of. And again, 
testament to this kid because clearly he works hard because the one thing that you see that separates him from so many other players in the CFL is his motor. And it is noticeable the way this guy just goes and goes and Mm -hmm. goes. He doesn't get tired and he doesn't stop. Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. We're just waiting to hook up with uh, Matthew Shinetti from uh, the CFL on TSN. The uh, Division All-Stars were named mm. earlier in the week. And then uh, on the next week, I guess the 8th, will be the uh, CFL All-Stars that uh, will be announced. Anything out there? Like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you kind of know what's going to happen. But, I mean, Chad Kelly just had a phenomenal year. And, he did. That's you know, my biggest one, though. I'm, I'm because curious. he didn't play as much? Or well, no, because... Uh, Brady Oliveira had a fairly historic mm-hmm. season himself in Winnipeg. And um Are you talking for like MOP? MOP. Okay, yeah. I was just going all star. So oh, yeah. okay, sorry. Yeah. I was so, talking okay. big league awards. Big league. Yeah. And that yeah. so you think because of Brady Oliveira? I don't I don't know. I think that Kelly'll probably get it just because he's a quarterback. Um had a great mm. record when he was in. I don't think they lost the game when he was their starter this year. Uh, 16 and 2. But the two losses, yeah. I think he wasn't playing. He wasn't and, playing. Yeah. So to go undefeated as a starter uh, didn't put up gaudy stats or anything, but just that record. It's a quarterback. Yeah. You know how that goes typically. But, but what Brady has done was pretty remarkable. But again, that's the thing about football. It's a team game. You put a lot of running backs behind that Winnipeg offensive line, as we've seen the past five years, and they're going to have success. You know, and I mean, A.J. Ouellette had a pretty good year in Toronto, too. He did. So, um, you never want to look ahead, but uh, if, when Toronto is going to play, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that it's going to be Montreal. I'm, I'm saying Montreal is going to win. I mean, that's going to be a heck of a Eastern final. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, I, I really like Ouellette uh, too. He's yeah, a good, good. He runs hard. Yeah, he runs hard. It's funny because so many people think he's Canadian. You know, you got that last <laughs> name. He's a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> think know, he's from out yeah, east they, or something. You, you think he's played in Laval, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo and behold, he plays some yeah. big time football down south. <laughs> he should be Woule. Yeah, exactly. Woule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, oh man. <laughs> Um, as far as the West goes again, then does Calgary have a chance here? I do. I, okay. I, I, you know, I really think Calgary is going to go in the recency bias too. Cause you know, that game where they shellacked BC a few weeks ago, Calgary had everything to play for BC didn't have much to play for, but mm-hmm. that, um, gives you some confidence knowing that you can go out there, you can hang with these guys. Vernon Adams, he's had a pretty strong year, the BC quarterback, but uh, there is some up and down with him in his play. So it'll be interesting to see if Calgary defense can get him off his game because if you can get Vern off his game, uh, that BC offense goes where he goes. So, Is Vernon Adams the type of guy that can lead a team to a great cup championship? Good question. He's a... Uh, He's a good leader in terms of doing things like um, setting up uh, off-field throwing sessions and getting guys together for meals and things like that. He's a great leader. And all that is fine and dandy, and you need those qualities. But at the end of the day, you got to lead with your play. you got to lead by getting wins, and you got to prove it. And uh, thus far, we haven't really seen him prove it. He's had his best season ever in BC this year. But uh, you got to prove it in the playoffs, and that's what makes guys great. What do you think about the Lions' receiving core under Vernon Adams? Strong. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they've been strong the past couple of years. Going back to what I mentioned about that turf in BC, it's like a track meet. You know, they have a lot of fast, big, tall athletes and uh, Vernon can get them the ball and let them go and do their thing. That's typically when the BC Lions have the most success. But then when Vernon has to really create and throw it deep instead of just being a, uh, um, a point quarterback, mm-hmm. like I always say, like a point guard and just dish it off to your guys, let them go. But when Vernon has to um, throw it deep, that's typically when he gets himself into trouble because I don't think he has the strongest arm. Do you think um, anything going on in Saskatchewan right now that will be done in the next little while? Or are we waiting for a few other shoes to drop? Well, I, well I'm shocked that they gave Jeremy O'Day an extension. Okay. I'm shocked. You have two failures of seasons back-to-back, and you extend the guy? You know, I'm, I, I hate calling for jobs and for people's heads, but, like, pro sports is cutthroat, and pro, pro sports is about performance and winning. In the Riders, the past two years, they've lost, like, the last six or seven games of the season each season, uh, dropping out of the playoffs. Like, that is not success. I don't know why you get rewarded. If you're a player and you don't put up uh, the type of success that's expected of you, you get cut in a heartbeat. But management, um, they get extended. Is it just a fact that we wait till after the Great Cup? It seems most years there aren't a lot of moving parts until after the Great Cup. Wait into December, into even the new year to see things happen and see teams make changes? Yeah, that's typically when you would see it. That's what a lot of contracts would expire heading into the new year. Free agencies right around the corner at the beginning of February. Uh, and typically guys would know if they're going to be a free agent or not come that time because they'd mm-hmm. be in negotiations with the club all throughout the playoffs even. Uh, so, yeah, that's why things kind of slow down. And right now the focus is all about these next few weeks and trying to get that elusive cup. Well, I think we've uh, hooked up with Matthew Shinetti, CFL on TSN, and our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners, and our pump sports talk radio is back for all your plumbing needs. You can go to mrrooter.ca as we welcome in uh, Matthew Shinetti to Sports 1440. Good morning, Matthew. We're with Kevin Carius and Eddie Steele. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Kevin and Eddie. I'm uh, just, in fact, stepping on the plane to go to the uh, East semifinals, so you've uh, you've got me at the right time. Well, it's a perfect time to talk about the East final. Just your general thoughts on what we will see tomorrow between Hamilton and Montreal. I think, ultimately, uh, whatever anyone thought of uh, the game last week is, is certainly moot because the story now definitely appears to be that goalie by Mitchell uh, is... Looks like he's not starting, and uh, the reason I say that is when you get to this point in the week and uh, the quarterback taking most of the reps is Matthew Schiltz, and believe Levi Mitchell is really not doing much during practice, it's a pretty clear indication of, uh, of who the starting quarterback is going to be, although Orlando Steinauer said earlier in the week that he expects both quarterbacks to play. Um, he also did mention yesterday that if... Uh, in fact, one quarterback has a hot hand over another, and Orlando Steiner knows all about that with Dane Evans and Jeremiah Masoli. Two trips to the Great Cup with both those quarterbacks uh, coming in and out, then uh, then he will go with the hot hand. So we'll see. But uh, certainly for the first time in his career, not only is Bo Levi Mitchell an, uh, on a team that would be considered an underdog uh, in their playoff matchup, but also uh, he seems to be an underdog on his own team. 
Matt, uh, it's interesting because uh, that whole Bo Levi Mitchell situation early in the week, I was questioning it because why do you even announce that both guys are going to be out there getting a lot of burn? Uh, I personally never really thought Bo was going to be the answer for this playoff game. So I'm really looking forward to keeping my eye on that as well because I I like Schiltz. He has some good game to him. Moving into Montreal, though, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think Cody Fajardo has enough to get it done in this game? Or do you think Montreal is going to lean on their run game the most? It's always that question, isn't it? I mean, we always come to a a playoff scenario and ask ourselves, is Cody Fajardo going to have enough? Um, And it's um, it's, when you think about playoff moments – that stick out in your mind about Cody Fajardo. Unfortunately, the one that, that comes to your mind is him doinking the ball off of the uprights in the West semifinal a few years ago. And uh, this is going to have to be a very patient Cody Fajardo tomorrow. He's going to be taking a lot of heat from that Ticats defensive line. Um, uh, sales, Carney, to say nothing of the linebacking core, especially Simone Lawrence. He, he came off the edge last week and had a, uh, a pretty emphatic sack. So this is... Um, this is going to be a, uh, a real test for Fajardo. Um, if, if, to say nothing else, watching the Ticats in practice this week, uh, I think defensively they realize that, the, uh, that they're going to have to set the tone. But that secondary that the Ticats have, uh, they can be got. And when you think about the season that Austin Mack has had, um, and you think about how Fajardo's been able to stretch the ball at, at times this season, uh, if he gets into a rhythm, the Ticats could be in trouble. Matthew Shinetti is our guest on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele with you on a Friday morning as we gear up for a big weekend in sports, including the CFL East and West semifinals. Matthew, what about Montreal's defense heading into this, this game and special teams in the scoring aspect of it? Montreal scored 43 TDs this year. 12 of them came on defense and special teams. The one thing I will say um, is defensive coordinator Noel Thorpe is as passionate, as intense, and of any defensive coordinator I have, I have been around, especially on the sidelines, he is in the game as much as his players are. And speaking uh, to Tyrese Beverett yesterday, um, he was just glowing about the way that uh, that energy that Noel Thorpe has uh, just kind of permeates to all of his players. Noel Thorpe has been here before, although he had a – a couple stops with other teams. Um, you really can't think of a Montreal Alouettes defense without thinking about uh, the intensity that Noel Fork has put into them. And uh, I look at someone like Marc Antoine Ducroix um, and what he's been do- able to do all season as as a game wrecker. But the inclusion of Sean Lemon really, you know, the, that that energy and intensity I speak of, it got a little bit of swagger when Sean Lemon uh, mm-hmm. entered uh, entered the team. So it's uh, a this, I think this, this game is going to be very, very close. Um, and you talk about turnovers and special teams, you look at both of these teams uh, and you know, what, they, what they both have been able to do to kind of flip the field at certain points. But uh, as I've been asking the Ticats all week, that little uh, improvised punt play um, where uh, you know, certainly a, a Montreal receiver takes the ball, if, if he doesn't have any defenders pressed up against him, he can go ahead and just reset the downs by slightly drop kicking it and recovering it around the line of scrimmage. Um, speaking to Jason Moss yesterday, uh, you know, he, uh, he certainly has, has, has remarked, not tipping his hand, obviously, uh, but if he said, listen, that, that has now happened, the coach said, two times uh, in the last number of months more than it has in, in any year previous. And um, 
when you look at the improvisation on Montreal side and, and knowing that Jeff Reimbold is the special teams coordinator on the other side for, for the Hamilton Tirecats, then you absolutely know that uh, someone's going to have a trick up their sleeve at some point. Hey, Matt, I want to bring it over to the West now, bring it indoors to the BC. Uh, Calgary shellacked them a few weeks ago. Calgary had everything to play for in that game. It was essentially a meaningless game for BC. Do you think Calgary can come out with that same mojo and compete the same way they just did? Well, I, you know what I have to ask you, Eddie? I mean, in, in your in your time playing, would you – clearly, when you have a team that was as inconsistent as Calgary has been all season, when you look at um, Jake Mayer and knowing certainly has put up yardage, but hasn't necessarily always had that knockout punch that you would expect out of uh, certainly in the tradition of Stampede quarterbacks that you'd expect out of out of him. But but knowing that they sparked at the right time in the right situation to have an emphatic win and they themselves have 21 points off turnovers in that win, can they replicate that again? Knowing that BC finished their regular season early and essentially had a bye week. Um, and essentially had a little more time to, to get, you know, circle their wagons, uh, knowing that Calgary will have to travel uh, into BC place and, uh, and knowing that Matthew Betts uh, and that defensive line will be looking to pressure Jake Mayer. But on the flip side, uh, the one thing that you can't discount is uh, that confidence because when, when a team knows when they had to win, they've gone in already to an opponent's house and beat them as, as, as certainly thoroughly as Calgary did, uh, it certainly is, is a cause for confidence. But, you know, Vernon Adams Jr., uh, much like I remember him being in 2019 with that playoff game, although they lost the Montreal Alouettes to the Edmonton football team that day, uh, he, uh, he will have a certain energy and, and, and focus about him that uh, uh, at this point I'm, I'm, I'm tipping my hand towards the BC Lions only because they're at home, only because they have a great receiving core and especially because you know Ryan Phillips has, has been very honest about his defense the last the last few uh, the last few weeks, saying that perhaps uh, they haven't been executing at the level that himself and defensive line coach John Bowman have expected. Um, I don't think it's going to be that easy for the Calgary Stampeders going into BC Place this weekend. TSN's Matthew Shinetti is our guest on Sports 1440. Carries and Steel on a Friday morning. Matthew, what do you make of Calgary's linebacking core and how well that linebacking core played this year and how well it has to play if the Stamps have a chance on Saturday? I tell you this, Kevin, I do not want to be the guy who has to line up on the other side of Cam Judge, especially not Micah Awe. Um, you know, Awe setting the, uh, the the tackle record for the Stampeders uh, this year. Um, and certainly, you know... Uh, Lots of talking points about the nature of some of his tackles, but he is—he uh, uh, say nothing of Dozer, and to say nothing of of the way that Cam Judge has played. These guys are going to be going full tilt the whole time. Think about how many times Cam Judge was spying quarterbacks this year, and seeing him run relentlessly, chasing down Dustin Crum, uh, and doing that play in, play out, play in, play out with just 20 seconds in between. Uh, Brent, Brent Munson, the defensive coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders, has these guys really locked in. Um, but they have to go up against a, uh, a very, very, very good receiving core this week. And uh, if you're going to set the physical tone there, it's going to have to be, especially with uh, that linebacking core, um, because you look at some of the plays that, that Cam Judge has made. Um, splash plays, yes, but when, when Stampeders have needed a momentum shift, it usually has come from that linebacking core. Uh, so I, uh, if 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 there is going to be 
uh, a moment in the game where Calgary's going to need to, uh, need a play defensively, and it's going to need either a turnover or an impact an impact hit to, to kind of shake momentum a bit. I fully expect it to come from that linebacking core. Maddie, last one for you: the uh, MOP debate. Uh, we're looking at Chad Kelly or Brady Oliveira. Give us your thoughts on that. Well, I, in, in, the discussion has been had quite a, quite a bit at, at um, in in the halls of TSN that maybe it's time that the league take a look at the same process. And I, and and then I know that people in the CFL will shudder when any comparison is made to any aspect of the game down south that that we should adopt. But I look at the Heisman and I look at the three best players. The guys considered the three best players and. Uh, you know, it has happened before, I think, in the early 2000s when there were a bunch of USC players um, who are, I might, it might have been Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, and Vince Young uh, in, in the year in 2006. And why not have two players in the same team? Why could it not be uh, two bombers and, and, and Chad, well, you know, Brado Oliveira and Zach Caleros and Chad Kelly? Uh, why could that not be the way it is? It's, it's, it's not to go ahead and eliminate... Um, Certainly, the uh, the opportunity of, of, of naming an MOP one guy for every single team, but the MOP is is such a distinct and unique uh, award to our game. And when you look at the Bombers and and their uh, march of consistency and that culture of winning, and to see how Brady Oliveira this season has been so key in rushing over 1,500 yards, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, the way that he's caught some passes and. In, in key moments, and yes, Zach Caleros has had games where he's thrown some some uh, let's let, let's call them debatable interceptions. Um, given the the quality that Zach Caleros has played with over the last two MOP seasons he's had himself, but still being you know, still first in passing touchdowns in the league, and and you know certainly ranking in, in in the top two or three in terms of pass efficiency. And then you look at Chad Kelly and what he's done with the Argos. I, 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 for me, it's you get the three best guys. They're the guys who have the most, you know, outstanding impact, not just for the teams but across the league. And you, and you have those guys, um, you know, be voted on. And, and finally, though, I, I look at what Chad Kelly has done, and I lean to him, uh, perhaps with you know, with no Toronto bias, but but, but perhaps looking at what he has come in and done, um, no real consistent starting experience not played this much football ever in his his collegiate or professional career and he's been uh, not only solid and consistent but at times outstanding and the way that he can push the ball downfield has mm-hmm. been one of the major reasons not the sole reason but one of the major reasons the Argos tied that record and were 16-2 and in the regular season so uh, at this point I, I lean towards Chad Kelly because we are such a heavy and, and uh, heavy league driven by quarterback play but I really think that, that the CFL at some point should revisit and, and, and possibly have the three most outstanding players, even if they have to. two of those players happen to be from the same team. Hey, uh, Matthew, thanks for doing this. Is that a, a PJ you're about to board to go to Montreal? I uh, just uh, I, I know we we uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're on our uh, we're on our Air Canada here. Oh, okay. uh, we'd be in Montreal and. In, a, in, a, in an hour or so, because we got to go right to Olympic Stadium. We've got uh, a busy couple of days ahead and uh, plenty excited about it because it's CFL playoff time. Hey, Maddie, what kind of kicks are you wearing this weekend? You know what, Eddie? I've, I've, got, I've got something special, some, some custom low-rise ones, but, uh, you know, I got my mock-ups for, um, for my Great Cup chucks, and 
you know, I got something for everybody. I got something for the nation. I missed out on the Great Cup last year because I was covering the World Cup. And uh, as great as the World Cup is, uh, I really did miss covering the Great Cup. So I'm, I'm bringing it, man. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. You better be in Hamilton. I'll show you. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for taking the time, big guy. Take care, guys. All right, that's Matthew Shinetti, CFL on TSN, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. for all your plumbing needs. Go to mrreuter.ca. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Top of the hour, Mark Spector joins us from Rogers Sportsnet. Stay with us. It's the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. That request came in from... That comes in just from the Duke himself. A personal request. Every day, Eddie, it's 7.45, approximately 7.45-ish. It's the uh, second break, you could say, of the show. The Duke comes in with B.A. I know, and I, I love it. I'm here for it, Duke. I'm here for it. Don't stop. Continue to shine, man, especially on this Feel Good Friday. <laughs> Feel Good Friday, yeah. Send us in a text. Send us in a request if you want to hear the Duke get back to his... DJing days when he was a young student at Nate, I guess. Did you have to flip the records there, or how did that work? Uh, yeah, of course, a, a part of the uh, the educational program at uh, the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology is running the campus radio station. And uh, you don't you only spend one week as like the music director mm-hmm. uh, in your th- in your final semester in class. So that and usually like these days, it's all pretty much just computer generated. You put in the amount from each category that goes in. You can make like a few personal things. And then when you're in the booth, maybe you can swap out a few here and there. But for the most part, you just play what's uh, what's scheduled for you and then crack the mic and do a little do a little chatting. I had to do one 1988 or 89 when I was at Mount Royal in Calgary. Uh, at that point, it was the you were the night guy. You were the the midnight graveyard shift. And I kind of came up with a little contest. I didn't think, well, who would be listening to, you know, <laughs> Mount Royal, MRC, whatever it was called, radio. No one listened. But I said, well, you got two tickets to something. And next thing you know, the phone lines lit up. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. Did You didn't no, actually have- I, Well, I didn't have anything to give away. <laughs> I was just making it all up. You know, like who cares, uh, right? I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's funny. We had good nicknames and stuff back then. You could get it. Well, like the, they were on carts. We could ask uh, Terry Evans next door. You put the song to a cart. It looked like an eight track that you put into the, well, Low Tide would know all about it. You put it into the machine, almost like an eight track, and then it would play the one song. Yeah. Just because, and then on the thing, it said, just like, okay, Duke, when you played Brian Adams there, the first, I don't know, 15 seconds, it's would be a bed they call it right before the lyrics come. Yeah, yeah. On the, the, the cart. intro, but like a, an interlude. Yeah. Okay, on the cart it would say fifteen seconds bed, so you knew once you pressed play you could go for fifteen seconds talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, what I love is how you just had to bring low tide into the fight here. Wow. <laughs> you had to bring him down with you. Uh, text coming in to one 1440 TB says, if you need Sam Gagne to inject life into a team that should be flying out of the gates with something to prove after last year, your team is broken. Gord says, frustrating to watch the Oilers. I don't see a playoff contender. Last night, this was last night at, well, quite late, KK, I had it. I had to change the channel. Watching them lose is frustrating. Compro evolution. Compro evolution. Sorry about that. The spelling is a little off there. Um, 
We can't get into the uh, king of Fort Nasty for you today, Duke. He's just gone way offside, way offside, way offside with the the chaps with the Duke. Um, I'll get into this one. I don't even know what it says. I love the new sports station except for one thing. It is hard to listen to all the ahs and ums. On the Kevin Carrier show, he seems like a really nice guy, but I think he needs to work on not constantly saying ah and um. I try to count how many times he says that, but I can only listen for so long. Thanks for listening to my rant. Thanks for listening to us. Appreciate it. He called you a nice guy. I was a nice guy. He seems uh, like um, a really nice guy. That's what uh, he said about you, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of something. Um, I forget, though. I can take it. I can work. I'm, um, I'm, um, no, I, in all seriousness, I think we can all improve on our craft. Absolutely. I'd like to say that I'm trying to improve on doing this, you know, for four hours a day is challenging. There's no question about that Absolutely. compared to what I was doing for 33 years before. Every day I'm trying to get better. And I think that's what we're trying to, I don't know, parlay to our listeners that we're trying to get better as a, as a station. I'm trying to get better as a host. I'm sure you tried, you get up and go, you know, maybe I can work on this, work on that. And that's not just everything. That's, that's life in general. You want to try to work at everything you're doing on a daily basis. Absolutely. Try and be the best. And this is, uh, I'd love for anybody to try and come and (laughs) do this and see what it's like. And uh, I don't think a lot of people, it's easy to text in, but when the shoe's on the other uh, foot, you know, it's a lot different. Fair, you, but again, it's still on us and it's still to, on me. I want to be as good. Absolutely. We had Dave Jamison in here, Eddie, a couple of weeks ago. And even Dave, he texted me a few days later, work on this, work on that. You're doing this, you're doing that. I was like, thank you, Dave. Because you sometimes, sometimes as, let's just say if I'm listening in a car before I started doing this enough, I'm listening to Gregor. Well, I noticed little nuances is from Gregor and I've said that for years. But sometimes you don't know what you're doing because here's the other thing. If you were to compare what we're doing here to something that you would get, let's just say on Sirius XM or I don't know, something like a show that I listen to a lot would be, you know, moving the chains, Pat Kerwin and uh, Jim Miller. And that's because those two guys are great pros. They have great chemistry together. I listen to them and uh, there's a lot of, if you listen to Pat Curran, there's a lot of ums and stuff. They're trying to, you're trying to get a thought going and things like that. What I was getting at, there's a staff of 30 people working on this show. You know, here we got the Duke, you know, which is just fine. Yeah. I'm just fine, Duke, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, Duke, look at you. You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off for four hours. You're running the board. You're running the phone. You're running this. You know, and that's how it is wherever you are listening. So, you know, I think, I'll be honest, I think we're doing a damn good job around Oh, absolutely. And kudos to you. I have my two-hour portion of the week, but I listen to you and I totally agree. I think you've done a good job well, thank and you, you've Eddie. gotten a lot better too, Kevin, to well, be honest. thank you, Eddie. And it's game film, man. It's like watching game film. And I, I like to get critiqued because mm-hmm. that's how you get better. That's, that's how right. you get better. You got to be open and honest with yourself. You do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all about improving, trying to get better and trying to be... When up. I went and did my first stint of TV, I, I, would, I covered the Grey Cup a couple of years ago with Arash Madani and Sportsnet. 
And he taught me a lot of things too. And he told me even back then, just watch other broadcasters, listen to other broadcasters yeah. and pull keys and tips from them. And ever since I, I had that two, uh, that experience with him two years ago, I've really paid attention and I definitely feel like I've improved for the better. And you, because of there's it. no question. Cat dad comes in, tell that guy he could always turn it into a positive. Every time you say, um, and ah, he could turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> How's that for seven in the morning? Let's Boy. see how long you last, big guy. With us, he wouldn't see <laughs> 7.30. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, top of the hour, we will check in with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet on the mark uh, for Booster Juice. Before that, a sports update brought to you by First Round. We're an NFL jersey. To first round, Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays, you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.